the family is God's idea. And God wants healthy families. But families face challenges today. We live on a broken planet, a broken world. We are broken people. Families are full of broken people. But God provides the power and the insight to help us to have healthy families. These family relationships need power to pull them off. The questions that we are going to try to answer today is how do I experience the power in my family with the people that God has put in my life? See, really, there's a lots of different shapes and sizes of families. It doesn't matter if you're single and don't have kids, you're still part of a spiritual family. You need power to do relationships. If you are a single parent, you have family and friends that are kind of filling the gaps and holes for you. When there used to be somebody, but there's nobody there now. So you need power to do family the right ways. If you're just a couple, you don't have kids, you're still family. And you need power in your relationships to bring health. Or if you've got a mom or dad, you really need power in your relationships, trust me. Or you might be an empty nester. Your kids might have to be gone. You're part of an extended family. You need power. We all need power to do family. We're going to look today at the best way to experience power in your own family and in your relationships. Please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you. There's an interesting quote in a French proverb. It says this, to love does not simply mean to look at one another, but rather to look in your notes, to look in your notes together in the same direction. So I think a lot of times families and relationships, we're looking, we're looking at each other a lot. We're around each other a lot. We're in the house a lot together. We're doing activities. But have you ever noticed that there is a difference between kind of being physically together, but being together as on the same page emotionally, as in supporting one another, encouraging one another? Look with me at Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12. This is a passage of scripture that's often used at weddings. Please read it with me together out loud. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So we're going to look at, explore three ways to look together toward God for the power of three. In your notes, number one, the Bible says that the power of one, if you do life independently, life self-sufficiently, it's like I don't need God, I don't need other people. The Bible says the power of one, write this down, is foolish. Why? Because one can be overpowered, one. You're by yourself, you're alone. There's nobody watching your back. One may be overpowered. That's foolish. Then number two in your notes, we go to the second way of how we do life. That's the power of two. The Bible says the power of two is pretty smart. Notice in the passage, two can defend themselves. They're going to battle. You need backup. It's the old ranger creed. 
never go into battle alone. You got somebody who's got your back. You can see that in front of you, and the person got your back behind you. You got a second set of eyes. You sort of got a 360 view. And the Bible says, the power of two is smart. But then number three in your notes, there's another way to do life. And that's the power of three. The power of three is brilliant. The Bible says a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The power of three is brilliant. I don't know about you, but foolish, smart, and brilliant, I'm going to put my eggs in the third bucket. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Life has got a lot of pressures, pressure in their relationships. There's the selfish part that sabotages our best intentions and our relationships, spills out and gets us into a lot of trouble. The Bible says there's also spiritual forces that hate healthy connections. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, there's some very real evil forces seeking to separate and drive wedges between your relationship with God and your relationship with other people and with the world. These forces of evil want to bring discouragement and division and destruction. So there's pressure on families. There's pressure on relationships. We're going to talk then about the cord of three strands where we are going to bring the Lord into our relationships directly, specifically. The interwoven relationship in your notes in families as a relationship that invites the Lord into that relationship in your notes through prayer. That's how we functionally, practically, we get that third cord into our relationships. Look with, me then, look with me at the interwoven relationship as examples of the power of three. First of all, we look at James 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. See, that's a wonderful picture of the power of three. A wonderful picture of two people and a spiritual dynamic of prayer wrapping that relationship so they experience more power with the three of them involved, not just two. Circle the phrase, confess your sins to each other. See, this is in your notes, the principle of authenticity. This is the two people who are very honest with each other, who are letting each other know this. What does interwoven look like between the people who are being authentic, to be honest, is to be real, because we're not talking about real issues, we can't really meet each other's need and support each other. So our prayers will be off the mark. We're praying about each of these things and aren't really knowing where they need the power of God's help. So we confess. We confess our sins to each other. We're honest, authentic. Secondly, circle the phrase in your notes, pray for each other. That's pretty simple. I talk. The other person listens. They talk, I listen. And then we say, let's pray. That's the principle in your notes of reciprocity. You know that the old math term reciprocal, we provide reciprocal support, specifically in the area of prayer, so that we can experience power and direction from God in this area of our lives. Next, circle the phrase, so that you may be healed. That's the result. 
emotional healing. As I go through life, I realize that life is a pressure cooker. I have responsibilities. I have people who are depending on me. I have tasks to do. Life puts pressure on me. Unless there is a little valve, pressure valve that rises and explodes in your notes. This is what I call the principle of aspiration. God has provided us with a very simple way, especially in marriages, to aspirate the pressure. If you don't aspirate the pressure on a frequent basis, it's going to build up, and there's going to be an explosion later on. And that's where we get the term, he just blew up. It doesn't matter whether you blow up at people or at circumstances. You keep everything to yourself. You just blow up. Life blows up for you. So you got to deal with the pressure some way. There are these three principles in relationships then. Principle of authenticity, the principle of reciprocity, and the principle of aspiration. That's a relationship where I love God, I love you, I want you to support. You were talking about the power of three and bringing God into our relationship through prayer. A second example of the power of three in your notes, looking at 2 Corinthians 12, God has said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will render, I rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. See, Paul says, guess what? I'm going to let people in my life know where I'm really at. I'm going to forget about the image, forget about appearance, to experience God's power in my life. I've got to stop pretending. I need to be real. This is the focus of the power of three. So in your notes, bringing God into your relationships through prayer. So then I can experience, like Paul, God's power. What else does the power of three work out in our lives? A third example in your notes comes from Romans chapter 14, where Paul writes, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to to peace and mutual edification. So we have a relationship with God, but our relationship with God is really contingent on how we're treating people. We can't say that we have a strong connection, plugged-in relationship with God, if we have conflict with time of relationship with other people. So on the back of your notes, the power of three works with two people, with two people, and then with God. If you want the power of three in your life, if you want the third strand, if you want strength and endurance, then you need God and know his presence, his love, and the guidance of his word. In your notes, conflict is inevitable. Yes, conflict is inevitable, but no, destruction is optional. Put that on your refrigerator. Put that on a bathroom mirror. Put that in your car. Conflict is inevitable. We have a broken planet, broken people. Everybody's got their issues. We're going to have disagreement. And we're going to have conflict. But the Bible says we don't have to be destroyed. So circle that phrase, make every effort. That's the believer in Jesus, motivated to make every effort to resolve conflict. All you have to do is to look at that man hanging on the cross. That's the motivation you need because Jesus, he made every effort, every drop of blood, every ounce of strength. Jesus sweat blood in the Garden of Gethsemane 
not wanting to do it, but did it anyway, to win that peace, to make every effort. With Jesus, you have a relationship with a Savior who went all the way to make peace between you and God. And if he lives in you, doesn't it make sense that we would also make that sacrifice to make peace in our relationship with other people? If Jesus gave so much energy and effort to making peace with God for us, so we make every effort also in our relationship. You're going to have to be proactive. If you really want God's power in your life, in conclusion, there are two relationships to fight for intimacy. You're going to have to fight for closeness in two ways. Number one in your notes. The first relationship that you're going to have to fight for in intimacy is with God, individually. When I fight for intimacy with God, closeness with God, time with God, relationship with God, and I let him know, you know what I run into? I run right into his unconditional love for me, his forgiveness for me, his mercy and his support, and that changes me. Looking at Romans 8, no, Paul says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when you know Jesus, and you know that your past is forgiven, that you have a purpose for living, you have a future in heaven. That creates security in you as a person. So in your notes, this very insight is that security will eliminate insecurity because I am secure in Christ. I don't have to compete. I am connected. I don't have to compete with anyone for power control. That's what we see in Jesus because he was free to touch. He was free to heal. He was free to serve, free to show compassion because his father loved him and accepted him. Then number two in your notes, the second relationship you're going to have to fight for in intimacy is with your spouse relationally. Let's talk about couples for a second. You're going one of two directions with your couple, your spouse. Towards, the, towards oneness, you have togetherness. You have connection. Or by default, there's no middle ground. You're going to go towards isolation and separateness and disconnection. Those are the only two directions. So Paul says in Ephesians 5, In the same way, husbands, ought to love their wives in their, as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body. But they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. There is that interwoven man. There's the man who gets it. When you fight for relational and emotional proximity with your spouse, you build closeness to God with and with her in the same way that you take care of yourself, Paul says. God says you have to fight for that togetherness. There's a war for ongoing on for health in your relationships. So an insight and the second point in your notes. Isolation in a marriage is synonymous with destruction. If you're in a marriage and you're isolated, it's only a matter of time. I highly recommend you watching a movie, a movie that's as the theme of the power of three. 
It's called Not Easily Broken. It's an excellent movie to support your our theme, The Power of Three. A chord of three strands, The Power of Three. You look together at God through this relationship with authenticity, reciprocity, and aspiration. And when you have pressures in your life, you're going to say, then I just need to salt this thing with a little bit of prayer. And you practice looking toward God together. In your notes, the word salt gives us four steps to take. The S in the word salt stands, first of all, the stop. You have to stop. You have to connect. You have to discuss. What's inside of this has got to come out. So you have to be authentic. You've got to relieve the pressure. Next in your notes, A in the word salt stands for ask. You ask so that the other person can aspirate. How was your day? How's it going? Doing okay? That's their opportunity to let it out. Then the L in the word salt stands for listen. Husbands, you ask your wife, how was your day? And while they're telling you, don't try to do three other things at the same time. Don't judge. Don't get defensive. Don't try to fix it. You just got to listen. Loving someone is just listening to them, letting them talk. It's very therapeutic. Then there's the word letter T in the word salt, which stands for talk to God together. You can say, how's it going? Then you listen. And you say, can I pray for you? You take them to God in prayer. And God says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Amen.